You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of BoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hi, Savannah. Hi. 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 You know oh my what? God. Yeah, I had uh, COVID. Yeah. I was a I was a COVID virgin and just got it um, at the time of this recording. This is a couple weekends. This is in mid-November as we're recording. Um, so after Halloween, like a week, a couple days after Halloween, uh, boom, a couple of people uh, brought the contagion into the office, unbeknownst. And uh, like Thursday, I, I go to the dentist and like two hours later, I'm feeling like shit right. at work. And I'm like, I need to go home. <laughs> it's like, this was bad. I left, I went home, took a test and bam positive. No, but to give it a little context, I think you might have caught the COVID as you were working the Elvira wig. Mm, no, I don't think so. No. Only thing I can tell you is that people went home earlier in the week, but actually came in, quote unquote, not feeling well. So wow. instead of staying home, they came into the office and uh, yeah, it kind of spread itself around to, I think, about five people in the office and, and where I'm at. So I was kind of like the middle, like I got it later in the week. And then I heard about a couple of people even after that getting it. But uh, I, mean, I was I was a carrier, I guess, for a couple of days, but I didn't know about it. And it hit me hard and fast. It wasn't like it came in feeling, feeling feverish. Right. I felt fine. And then all of a sudden, like two hours later, I'm like, God, I feel like shit. So then I just home. And yes, people, it is 2022. <laughs> and I mean, obviously quote in our world in terms of when this comes out it is you know it's the yep, still at the end of the year yep. uh, but miss savannah has not been tainted by the covid juices nor has judy so right. you are basically a unicorn we were now we're just lame <laughs> i mean no but look at my unicorn oh uh, that's cute it's and it's a tray, like it's a tree. I love that. It's a twig. Pencil. Oh, that's cool. And it basically, <laughs> it basically plays into my love of puppetry. And someone got it for my birthday. Oh. Anywho, back to you being tainted goods. Boring. Yeah. And Judy got the COVID. Mm-hmm. You've been sicky and we haven't had an episode and I missed you terribly. We haven't had many phone calls because you get silent Bob when you get sick, but especially <laughs> around the COVID, you don't talk much. No. I even on the download, don't say anything. I asked Judy if, if you get like a, like a baby, sorry, like, like a baby when you get sick of like all like weird. And she said, and I quote, no, he's just really quiet. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that because I don't want to fall into that stereotypical man flu or man cold where, you know, all of a sudden I'm like super useless. I am very unambitious. Just want to curl up under the covers and 
sleep and be left alone. But yeah, I'm just quiet and withdrawn, keep to myself. But I'm not like, man, please give me the gun. I try not to be. <laughs> but I will tell you, but I will tell you that I like don't ask me for uh, any decision making. Like, do you want you, know, you want some soup or a sandwich or anything? I'm like, I don't care, whatever. If you want to give me something and throw it on my lap for something to eat, I'll be happy for it. So I don't typically <laughs> ask for anything. But you and I talk at least a few times a week, so not having that, you were like radio yeah, silent, yeah. and I really missed you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was like, I slept for almost three days straight. Mm. Like as much as I could, I was quarantined in the guest room uh, because at that time I didn't know I was trying to stay away from Judy. So she didn't get it, which obviously did not did not work out. But I just stayed in that room under the covers. I think Thursday afternoon when I came home from work, all day Friday, Saturday, and into some of Sunday. I stayed in bed. Phone was next to me, but I stayed as quiet and kept it as dark as possible. Just trying to stay away from everything and let my body recoup. See, you're literally describing my weekend. On the weekly. On the weekend, drawing the <laughs> shades. But 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 I have been really impressed with the amount of TV I've been watching. Like it is an exceptional amount. My eyes are burning. I'm round and <laughs> through Ink Masters, like not once, mm. but twice. Nice. I mean, it, whatever, like it's like a lifestyle, but like, I don't talk to many people. I don't go anywhere. Honestly, if it wasn't for this podcast, who knows? You'd be in a cave with no Wi-Fi if you had your druthers. I would be like, send out the doves because who knows where I am. (laughs) Or if we were watching Game of Thrones, sending out ravens. And speaking of which about your weekend and you're kind of under the cover, watch lots of TV. I did, and Judy and I did a bunch of watching TV. We finally caught up on House of the Dragon, which is the Game of Thrones prequel. We watched the Rings of Power, which is the Lord of the Rings prequel. We were catching up on stuff, and so we watched those two biggies. I made sure I did not watch those without her. And we just started watching the American Horror Story NYC season, which is this season that's currently on, which kind of leads me into today's topic because that episode is uh, set in 1981, New York City. It's very pride-centric. It's very gay community. It's kind of an allegory to the AIDS epidemic. So there was one episode that we watched yesterday where this guy is a serial killer and basically is killing gay men to create a Frankenstein sentinel as if it was going to be a golem come to life and protect the community. And he made a statement which hit me in kind of a very strange way. The killer said to his victim that he was, before they carved the victim up, is that we have these pride events and we have these parades and makes it feel like this is a city that's inclusive and, and welcoming to all of us in the community. But in reality, it's a lie, he was saying. And, and really, it is not safe for the community, especially again, 1981, which is where this is set, that the community was still underground. It was still something that people weren't open about even in New York City for many, many, many people. So as we're talking, it's November. So we had the Senate and House midterm elections, some loss in the House of Representatives for the Democratic Party. We saw one gain for the Democratic Party in the House, but we still have all these bills running around for anti-LGBTQ, about youth, about doctors who could be treated as criminals or parents who could be treated as criminals for wanting their trans youth to, to get 
blockers or, or you know, non-surgical medication for their children. It was just like this intense ball watching the show, thinking about pride that takes place in many communities around the country. Um, I didn't get to go to our local Pride event this year because of COVID. I was right in the, right in the throes of it when mm-hmm. our event locally was happening. And then just on a personal level, I was thinking about my own pride. And it was like all these things that were just like a perfect storm of things I thought would be a perfect cap to the end of the year. Because yeah. as this episode is coming out, it is the end of the year. This is our last episode of 2022. And I just figured it was a good time to reflect on where we're at with this. I think that that's the perfect placement for an end of the year episode. Just being in your life, I've definitely seen some moments where I can feel a tremendous amount of pride for your growth, knowing your story and knowing where you came from to where you are now. So I'm really excited for our listeners and for myself to unpack that with you. Buckle up, buttercup. I don't know if it'll be something so out of bounds. I think people know that I've had my Savannah Starbucks Sundays. If you remember a few years ago, I was very involved in PFLAG. I was invited to go to the local Pride event by my friend Savannah. So I I dressed up and I met her at the the park where the event was. And we went to dinner afterwards. Judy came in as well. And then on the next PFLAG, they talked about it. They said, what did you take away from Pride? And when it came around to me to say what I took away, I really felt for me it was about being more visible, which then evolved into Savannah Starbucks Sunday, which was actually a benefit for me on many levels because it offered me a routine to get out there in the world, even if it was just in a safe locale, such as a Starbucks. But that blossomed into, you know, Judy and I went to the park one time with the dogs, me dressed uh, as Savannah. I've been to Home Depot I went to Walmart, which the first TEDx was all about, like the scariness of going to Walmart dressed as Savannah. When I look back on it, now it's just like routine for me to go out. And even today, I went to CVS to pick up medication for Judy and I had to get some eyeliner for myself. I got some coffin flu meds for me because I'm done with all my, you know, pharmaceuticals that I got from the doctor and going into work tomorrow. I want to make sure I'm medicated up. So I'm going into CVS. I got this short black skirt on. I got this little frilly red blouse and feeling just really super pretty and in my heels and my stockings and hose. I'm going and people are welcoming me and smiling. And I went down the aisle where the cold medicine was and a woman was unpacking stuff to put on the shelves. And she's like, hi, hi there. And I talked to her for 10 seconds. I went to the pharmacy counter to get Judy's medicine and they were I actually talked to them and didn't think anything of it. Went to Starbucks, the same thing. The baristas all said hi. I texted you too and said, oh my God, you know, I'm out in the world again. And you were telling me, just feel it, enjoy it and take it in. And I did. I actually took an extra couple seconds to recognize, just recognize just how far I've come in the world. And actually, I love being out. I always have been. But now it's like, I don't have any fear I'm just out. I mean, obviously, always be very cautious, be aware of your surroundings. These are just general, normal places to go to. And everything was just like, wow, I'm just a person in the world, just a woman in the world, enjoying my life, not feeling any of the angst that I felt two years ago. None of the fear, none of the being so catty and skittish about my surroundings. And I was just like, I get out of the car, I straighten my skirt, put my purse over my shoulder, and boom, just walk in and do my thing and 
not thinking anything about it. Yeah, it's pretty huge. I think that anytime we have moments of pause or moments of reflection where we can see our growth really clearly is a moment to treasure. Because once we get that hard thing, once we pass the psychic stool, if you will, of the newness of the fear, it just integrates and it becomes we're on to the next fear, we're on to the ne- or we're just living our lives. Had it not been for these moments that kind of grab us or a friend that says, slow down, savor the fact that you're out doing the things, doing normal things. I mean, that is a moment where you can really feel your pride in high def. And I just want to say that I'm so proud of you. Since I've known you, I think that you've always been fairly comfortable in terms of your visibility and going in spaces. I I didn't know the Savannah, that that was an issue. Hearing your story and hearing how far you've come, and I don't want to repeat myself a million times in a million different ways, but I am so proud of you. And I'm so glad that you were able to have that moment today where you were able to appreciate how far you've come. Thank you. And uh, to the listeners to know where I've come from, when I was writing the first book, the first Living with Crossdressing book, I was still in New York and still only going out to private events for cross-dressing men and admirers and set up by Femme Fever. And we would go, it was on a monthly basis. And I was only going out in public under the cover of darkness, basically from the house to the car, to the venue and back and never really going outside that. And I look back on that going, wow, that was such a big deal for me. And it was so scary and, and it took a lot of bravery to go do it. And that was only eight to 10 years ago at this point. And now again, finding a routine, you know, pushing that envelope just a little bit all the time and just, just keep pushing against that comfort zone has led me to be, oh, here's another venue I can go to. Oh, I need to go to Bojangles to get chicken. Okay. And do that. And just, just show up, show up in the world. Bojangles. Uh, You know what? I love my fried chicken. I don't know if I've ever heard of Bojangles. Yes. Well, there's Popeye's or Bojangles. There's Zaxby's, KFC. I mean, that's probably the best thing about coming to South Carolina is just a lot of fried chicken. And that is my weakness. That has been a consistent from Chuck to Savannah. You have loved fried chicken throughout the experience. I love it. I love it. So even, but even in that, it's like just going to places, even if it's just to go inside the dining area to order a meal in Femme and going. If you remember, I had a couple of people come into town for makeovers. And after the fact, it was like, all right, well, we could go to the mall. We could go to, there's this place called a John's Deli. We would just go and recognize and realize if you're sitting there in femme looking around at all the other patrons, nobody cares. Nobody's looking at you. The normal populace, like unless you're in a really deep, deep conservative space, unless you're in those spaces, typically people are walking around. You might get a couple of glances, but nobody cares. And that's what we, when it comes to personal pride of self, need to really realize it's all about us and our pride and our bravery and our ability to be confident out in the world that really generates that aura of protection and confidence that will carry you so far 
If you carry yourself in a, in a way that is super, super confident, that exudes out to the world. That's the pride that we need to have on a personal level versus the timidity of, oh, oh, what's going to happen? It's like, oh, oh my God, I'm here. And you're all skittish and, and our eyes are darting around. Once you overcome that, you're in a good spot. And let me just go back to your comment about the normal populace, if you will. <laughs> First of all, I literally love the word populace. <laughs> I've never used it in my life. Okay. So the normal populace for which it stands, the United States of America, is, are you ready for this? On their phone. They're on yes. their phone. Yes. They just are. So maybe there's someone looking at a menu in line that is not on their phone, but chances are they're on their phone up until the moment that they get to the register. I mean, people are so not only into their narcissism, Hmm. But they're in their phones in a way that makes me disgusted because I know now that we are completely taken over by robots. But let that be a little token that puts your mind at ease is the fact that we are so engrossed in our phone and in our worlds and in our own drama that there is a freedom. There is a freedom among all the patrons that scurry around this good, great land that are not on their phones and they could probably rob a bitch. I mean, they could really <laughs> do some damage. They can show up, you know, with their pineal in between their legs and a smooth or meaty tuck. They can, you know, they can wear makeup. They can wear a wig. They can show up in their best self and as their confident self, the only person you really need to battle is that person within. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, easier said than done. I am the first to admit that I have no idea what it's like to be a gender bender in terms of my presentation. No idea. Do I know a little bit? Sure. Can I pluck some fear and some experience of what it's like to run like hell from the insides of a quote safe place to my car for fear of my life that someone is going to attack me? Yes, absolutely. 100%. So that is some level of fear that I can absolutely identify. I think that many cis women can identify with that experience. Should they be alone at night walking back to their car? They do know what it's like feeling like all eyes are on you or feeling like your drama your experience, your choices are the biggest thing in everyone else's lives. And right. I get corrected on a daily basis. It's almost like a, a shtick I have where I'm like, wait, you don't think about me constantly. I'm not like the main part of your mind. Often it's because I say things in humor, but then I think back at the fact that maybe that that person didn't think it was funny. And they're like, I totally forgot what you even said. And then I'll pull the line like, wait, you mean I'm not the main person you think about and every single thing that I say and do is not at the forefront of your mind? We're the star of our own drama. Mm. We're the hero. We're the villain. We're the entire supporting cast. Just remember that, that people are so much more into themselves and their own insecurity and what they're not doing or what they are doing that they shouldn't be doing or what they're doing as opposed to the drama that's going on in their phone to avoid their own lives. Mm, that's true too. 
So the person you really need to care for is not only yourself, but that inner child and all the shame residue built up around your authenticity. Bam, mic drop. Damn, don't drop your mic. That's expensive. (laughs) Not in water. (laughs) I get electrocuted. But she's okay, everybody. Don't you worry. No, that's really smart. That's really true. Do you recall? I'm sure you do. You took a trip to Colorado. What was it, Colorado? It was. It, it was, was Aspen. Aspen, right. And you were very concerned about what clothes to take because you didn't want to feel you stood out or didn't fit in. And I remember you and I going through. You, you're angsty about what clothes to take, what clothes to buy, because you right. wanted to be a part of that community without either drawing attention or drawing too much attention, you know, that perfect blend. And I think you settled on athleisure wear, I think was what everybody's doing in Aspen. I don't remember. Oh God. Yes. But it's, it's, but it's that kind of thing too, where you felt if you didn't do a certain thing you were going to be visually ostracized in some way by the people that you were going to see on the street or see in a coffee shop. So I think you do feel it, maybe not in the same way, but it is a flavor of worrying about how you you fit into it. I do. And it reminds me as I'm listening to you of something that will totally flip everything I had just said on its axis when it comes to dressing appropriately for the setting. If you were a cross-dresser and you were going to get a loaf of bread and you want to just blend in, wearing a micro mini and hot girl shit (laughs) <laughs> to get to get that bread, it's going to involve some unwanted or wanted, I don't know, attention. Right. I had a conversation with my daughter the other day in the car. Every part of my moral compass when it comes to expressing your authentic style, out the window. <laughs> out the freaking window, okay, people? So just butter up, buttercup, for this bit of advice that I wish that maybe someone told me. I wish my mother told me this. Okay. So my daughter is entering middle school. (gasps) Yes. And she has, as a fifth grader, kind of developed her own personal style. Speaks to her. So I told her, and I quote, and after I said it, I wanted to take it back. (laughs) I told her, and I'm going to close my eyes as I say this on the mic, because I can't even face you (laughs) saying this. But I basically said, you're entering middle school this year. So here's the deal. On the first day of school, you'll just wear something neutral, okay? You'll get there. You'll figure out what the trend is. And then we're going to go home. You're going to go home. We're going to go shopping. And we're going to get all that stuff. Now, if there's something you feel uncomfortable, I know. Sorry, I'm going to close my eyes again. If there's something that you don't feel comfortable wearing, and I gave a couple of examples. Yes, that was a projection, but it was an opportunity, okay, payball? Like, for example, some short shorts. With some cheeks hanging out. You won't do that. Okay. We won't do that. But middle school, especially when you enter is all about survival. It is about survival. So within that survival, you'll get the uniform. And then as you make your way through sixth grade, you will then apply your authenticity to that uniform. <laughs> Mic drop. And she said, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. <laughs> Okay, you're welcome. And every part of my ancestry, every part of my freaking authenticity, my the source for which I pluck from was like, 
oh my God, I can't believe you said that, but do not take it back. This is good advice. Please, this is such good advice. You wish your mother said that. I'm like, oh my God, I want to I want to add things. I want to add commentary. Like, just kidding. You be your own person. You rock your shit. But I was just like, Julie, <laughs> this is the single best advice. She feels your support. She said, thank you. She didn't feel controlled. You just feel weird, but you are giving her a su- survival's manual. And I feel like when I work with individuals and they are stepping out, this is like a survivor's manual, how to be a lady or how to dress like a lady within the context of the universe. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then you add to it things that are applicable to you. Yeah. I actually think that is great advice. We've talked about it many times about if you're going out to a venue, especially if you're unsure, timid, you know, you don't want to do anything to really stand out that much. Yes, you want to be authentic to your style, but you also don't want to go, like you said, let's let's make it extreme. Go into church service. No, I I know. I I think, no, I think it's it's good advice. It's like going into a church service with a a leather miniskirt and fishnet. Yeah, you could you're going to get attention and you're going to get eyes drawn to you. And if you're not fully embodying the pride of self, which is what we're talking about today, then you're not going to be able to own it. So your advice to Remy to say, you could roll into sixth grade and be a fashion icon beyond what everybody else is doing, but you have to be able to own that to a degree where you're comfortable being in that spotlight. You're comfortable taking those eyes and letting them look on you and maybe criticize you. So yeah, your advice is perfect. It's like, hey, let's roll in there undercover, neutrality, and then just start adding those bibs and bobs and those accessorizers and making those little changes as you go, where it's not like a full-blown shock value. It's just like, oh yeah, wait, I kind of remember at the beginning of the year, you did wear this and now you do. Gradual, let it flow into the, the authenticity. And like now you could be prideful without drawing so much attention because nobody noticed. So I think it is good advice. Right. And I, but I have never been so, I don't want to say never, because there was seventh grade when the alternative music scene rocked my world. Cause I'm like, this is my thing. I get <sighs> these trends. I understand them. But before trends, like the alternative music scene, it was definitely like Colors of Benetton. It was definitely these brands that like my mom didn't get me. So I'd get like hand-me-downs three generations removed and then they wouldn't be cool. Right. So what I'm telling her to do is here's a list of all the trends. Let's find out what all the kids are wearing for the trends. Now let's figure out how to get a couple of things on this list. Yeah. Yeah. That feels weird to me because I've, you know, following trends is kind of like, I feel like the antithesis of this, but I think that there's something to be said about thinking about entering, leaving fifth grade where you're like the top dog and then entering middle school. It's like, where's Judy Bloom now? There is no one, you know? Like I literally was like, you're going to tell me what everyone's wearing and then we're going to go out and get that. If it if it speaks to her, if it speaks to her, I think as long as I said as long as it doesn't make you uncomfortable, I guess yes. If it's within this list of trends, now veering back (laughs) to the topic of having pride for oneself, it's interesting because it's like it's a delicate dance between playing the music that everyone's listening to 
while still playing your own tune just enough so that you feel like it's not so far from who you truly are. Yes, yes. Agreed. Even as a kid, I was an outsider. If we want to keep it on fashion for a second more, uh, we were lower middle class. We got a lot of hand-me-downs, clothes that didn't really fit. I wore a lot of hand-me-downs that were the short jean-wise that a lot of ankle showing, but they weren't meant to be capris, but they were back in my day, they were called floods. The cuff of your, your jeans are so high, you could see socks. You know, I got kind of bullied for that. Uh, there was one year, which is kind of ironic. There was one year I had to wear girls' winter boots that had a little bit of a heel on them. And I got teased for, actually, I got pushed off the swing set, like, like chest pushed for wearing girls' boots. And I didn't know they were girls' boots at the time. I was just told to go find a pair of boots to wear that fit me. Because there was a pile of you know boots in the basement. And yeah. um, I mean, I guess now I'd be like, ooh, I was rocking girls' boots. But no, at the time, it was just like, I wanted to keep my feet from getting wet. And I got pushed up the swing set into the snow. You know how that crowd of kids makes a circle around you, ready to watch the fight? That was happening to me. And then it was all just shoving and pushing and wrestling around, no punches thrown. But it still was one of those things where... Being that social style outsider, easy enough for somebody to like point at you and say, oh, you're different because you're wearing these things that are not fashionable. You don't want that for your children either. So again, your advice to Remy, I totally get it. You know, we were always off-brand family. We were always the Kmart tracks versus Adidas. We were always those persons who couldn't afford the trends. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we were always a target, me and my sister both. So I agree that the advice is very spot on. You don't have to like spend a billion dollars to be the fashionista because all the trends need to be established and used. But, you know, keep, keep it authentic enough. So back to the issue of pride, I went through my adolescent stage as Savannah, where everything had to be super tight, super short, super bodycon. And that was just me trying to go through my adolescence, go through my faux teenage years to a point where, oh, now I know who I am as an adult, <laughs> which, which Savannah's style is still a little more daring than Chuck's style, for sure. Chuck is very low-key, jeans and a graphic tee, but for Savannah, it's a little more stylish, a little more, you know, want to be... A little more sexy, a little more curvy. That's my style, but I've modified it with your help, with Judy's help. I don't ever go into a situation where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not really dressed for this correctly. I think I just know where, where my style is. And I have pride in that, pride in myself. And I know who I am as an individual. So again, the things that I really thought about based on all these kind of indicators during my COVID fevers. <laughs> of Pride Month, of watching American Horror Story NYC, and this just reflection of I've really come a long way from the person I was even when I was writing the first book. And what I want to share with people is don't think that I, I'm not struggling. You know, people look and read my books and say, oh my God, you got it all together. No, it's still between the first book and the second book, and now into the third book that I'm writing. It is an evolution. I'm constantly evolving, constantly looking at where I'm at, being able to reflect on Mm -hmm. the moment in time that I'm in, like look at myself in the mirror or look at myself in the world today in this moment and be able to go back and say, wow, look how far I've come from a year ago, two years ago, when I wasn't able to go out 
when it was purely just a closeted thing. Yeah, all those things are beautiful thing to to think about. And I urge every listener to just look at yourself wherever you are in your journey. Know that where you were a year ago is probably not where you are today. You know how you do the transformation Tuesdays? Here's a picture of me 10 years ago and here's a picture of me now. And just looking at that visual medium of development can be huge for your pride. Yes, I agree. I agree with everything you said. If we throw out the pressure and some of the stress that comes from setting New Year's resolutions, if we just let that go and we focus on where we were last year even to where we are now, where we were five years ago to where we are now, that is a huge opportunity for us to really hone in on our pride, the pride we have for ourselves, the pride we have for our journey, the pride we have for our growth. I mean, you and I marvel at it whenever we can, just in terms of, you know, listenership. Savannah had showed me a a diagram in terms of spikes of listens and occasionally we'll discuss, you know, how many countries and all that. It brings us so much pride Mm -hmm. in terms of where we were. It's cozy. It's cozy and it's an elixir for self-respect in terms of your journey to look back as opposed to look so far forward that it's almost chilling the amount of anxiety and and unneeded pressure Mm. and unrealistic expectations. There's, There's no need for that, especially not maybe this year. Maybe this year, try something different where you just kind of marvel at the fact wow, this year I actually told my brother that I was dual gender. When before that, I didn't tell anyone. Wow, I actually had a conversation with my significant other and she said that she still loves me. And wow, or that she wants a divorce. (laughs) No, sorry. What? Um, But... (laughs) No, but just the amount of growth in terms of how we've cared for ourselves by doing these big, scary things. I mean, one big, big, scary step, then we integrate, then we integrate, and then we figure out, you know, what's the next thing I can do? What's the next step that needs to be taken in my journey so that I can feel pride, so it doesn't feel so normal, and so I don't get bored or stagnant or just kind of lackadaisical in terms of my evolution? Yeah. So true. Oh, speak. <laughs> speaking of things that were scary, this past week I was home working, still in quarantine, doing emails on my phone. I'm using my laptop, and there was an email that I responded to that was a work email. I was responding to an outside vendor, and next thing I know, I get a response from that person in Savannah's inbox. Oh, okay. So I'm like, what the fuck? How did, wait, what? How did this happen? Apparently, when I responded, it auto loaded mm-hmm. Savannah's email as the from, even though I was in my, my work exchange. So they said, yeah, that's not a problem, comma, Savannah, question mark. And I'm like, oh, oh. God. I said, oh, shit. I responded back and said, oh, yeah, that's just another you know email box that I manage, blah, 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 blah. And so she came back with, well, I'm fine with just going forward using Savannah from now on. I'm like, that would be cool. So that was serious. Yeah. So she said that. And so anyway, I I was thinking about it going, here is a moment of truth for my pride. And so what I did today before the show was 
uh, send her another message from the Savannah inbox and said, hey, by the way, if you look for Savannah Hawk on Amazon, you will find that, quote, she, end quote, is also me. Ah! And I said, she, I said, she is my, she's my dual gender alter ego, uh, LGBTQ advocate, author, podcaster, and um, conference workshop leader extraordinaire. If you want to talk more about it, please let me know. Did so I said, the podcast link? No, I'm, hey, listen, wow. slow and steady, babe, slow sorry, and steady. Sorry. This ain't all about you know, advertising all ourselves. Right. <laughs> but it was that thing where I, I kind of was like, what the fuck just happened? Who wow. else did, who else did that go to? I said, okay, just her. Fine. That's cool. So I had that moment of panic. And then <sighs> I'm like, you know what? Like I always tell everybody, lean into it. You know, be, I'm not shameful. Then you had said shame early on, right? In this episode. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I don't have any shame in who Savannah is. It was another accident. I tend to have these at least twice a year, <laughs> these accidents, <laughs> accidental reveals. And I'm like, you know what? F it. I'm going to do it and just explain. And we'll see what she says. We will see what she comes back with. I'm sure she's not reading emails <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> but uh, if I said, anyone could see me now. <laughs> My eyes are barely open. I have a giant permagrin. Like, this never gets old. Like, to me, this never gets old. I keep on wondering, like, when is it going to just plateau? <laughs> when is the information you throw at me? Or when is the fact that you're so in the pockets of your dual gender nature? Where's the drama, people? Where's the drama? Where's the excitement when male and female, yin and yang, unite? And this is it. Oh, God, that feels so good. <laughs> yeah, you, you, it is funny. You kind of think that I'm all stable and everything's just like, you know, Savannah doesn't have any drama. Then I always always have something to throw over the top. I guess. Talk about rip open the third wall. I think I just sprouted <laughs> like a chest hair. Oh my God, that's amazing. I literally love that. You could call me Savannah if you want to. And then it's like, actually, Savannah is a super cool me. Yes. So, uh, you know, it was just an opportunity and, you know, I didn't shy away from it. I, well, I initially, I tried to mitigate it. I'm like, oh, that whole thing, burp, 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 and try to play it off. But then I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to just lean into this thing and tell my truth and have my pride and not have any shame around it. So if I can say anything to anybody <laughs> in this episode is one, when these things happen, lean into it. It's already out there. You either can backpedal and make it seem stranger than it is by trying to cover it up in some weird way, or just say, oh, yeah, by the way, that's just something I do. Just to whatever extent or degree you want to share, and that's fine. And most times you'll find that people, especially like uh, vendors, I find, like that I work with, is like, they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know? They're like, oh, so do you want a flat box or not? Yeah. (laughs) They're like, so yeah, let's talk about that code base of yours. Right. Um, so they don't, they don't care. Yeah. It is a little, a little crazier if it's family. But again, we've had those conversations about my accidental reveals when it came to Judy's youngest. So it happens. And it happens to the best of us because sometimes we let our guard down and don't think about things and it's going to happen. And you know what I love is that like if we had the opportunity to talk as much as we do, maybe you would have told me this story. That's true. That's true. But because you hadn't, <laughs> P.S. keeps something to the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Moving forward. That is amazing. I 
literally am in love with that story and it gives me a tremendous amount of pride because I'm sorry but you're like kind of a celeb in many people's eyes and you can go like you can go the distance to do your little line that's just like guys I'm not perfect I'm living the life I swear I promise but like until you go through those those little moments like we don't really know show me the receipts like we (laughs) see the fucking work and that is hilarious yeah I'm always doing something, man. Even, 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 you know, I didn't even tell you the other story is that I've been working from home on my computer, on my laptop. Okay. So everything I do on the laptop, I have a Zoom account that's got Savannah's name as the display name. Apparently when I use Google, it's also tied to Savannah's name. So I was on a call with the India team, our code team, code web web development team. And so I'm on this call and they're like, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? They're like, Oh, Chuck, I see it says Savannah on your name. I'm like, fuck. And on that one, I'm just like, I don't want to get into this conversation with these people about this. And I couldn't, and the worst thing is I couldn't undo the display name. So the next time I had to use like an incognito window, so it wouldn't come in as Savannah and I could just put my own name in. Again, I just like, uh, it happens. I feel the pride (laughs) running through your veins. Cause at least I know you're free and I'm gonna stand up. <laughs> lovely, lovely songstress. <laughs> so how would we like to send this beautiful episode off? Our next episode, the new year will already be upon us. Mm-hmm. How do we want to end our, our lovely episode? Because I am just feeling so much pride towards you. It is just literally seeping from my pores. <laughs> What would we like to say? Well, I would love to say that as our last episode in 2022, thank you so much to all our listeners who mm-hmm. stayed with us on this journey, possibly evolved with us on this journey for themselves, which is really the goal of this podcast. We're all people to have more pride themselves, understand themselves better, see a little bit of themselves in the stories we tell. We love you all so, so much. And we hope that this year has been a good year for you. We hope your holidays have been amazing last month and this month. And we hope going into 2023, maybe one of those resolutions that you don't really write on a piece of paper, but maybe just carry in your heart a little bit is just every so often reflect of where you are today. Look back in the past and say, wow, look how far I've come. And I think, Julie, you said it amazingly is that if we keep looking to where the future needs to be for us, then we're never going to be happy in the moment. Yeah, just look at yourself in the moment and say, like, wow, I've done this, I've done that, and I never would have done that a year ago, and just bask in that. Yeah, and just the idea of sending intention out there rather than resolutions is also another way to really honor yourself and, you know, ask that you continue to open yourself to new experiences and community for your femme self. Yeah. Just honor, honor the fact you've gone on a tremendous journey and what you've been through, just like Savannah just said. And I also want to thank all of you for bringing us along into your lives and into your little milestones. I mean, I know that this year has been full of whether it be boudoir shoots, whether it be a change in family, whether it be identifying fully with your feminine self or before it was just a part of it. 
you have brought us into your lives and we appreciate it so much. Keep on listening, keep on DMing us, keep on sharing us, because the more you can share what we're doing, the more you can get out there, the more likely it is that we, you, our listeners, our precious listeners will lessen the shame and enter this beautiful world of normalcy around your dual gender experience, around your transgender experience. And that's really all we really want for you. This show and your experience as it relates to our show can show you that you are not sick, you are not broken, you are not shame, but you are a beautiful human being that is more than one thing, that is a part of this beautiful world, this beautiful sense of expression. And we are so excited to see what intentions are put out there this year and what levels of pride we can evoke in ourselves and each other. So without further ado, goodbye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor. Copyright 2022. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends, tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening, give it a five-star rating, or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.